Good morning, everyone. It's so great to see everybody here. And if you're online with us, welcome to New Hope this morning. Um, as you came in, you were as blessed as I was to get to see all the beautiful decorations. So we're just so thankful um, to all the elves of Beth and Bill Cameron's class and all the beauty that is around us from their work. Um, a few reminders this morning. Wednesday night is our dress rehearsal for Christmas and Earl. So if you have signed up, we can't wait to see you. If you have not signed up, we can't wait to see you either because it's going to be great. And if you come, don't worry, you don't have to say a word. You can be silent the whole night. So um, we have a few speakers that are doing all the talking, some greeters that are already signed up. So please come out Wednesday at 530 and meet in the Hope Center. That is when we're getting your costumes fitted. Everything will be taken care of. So it's really important that everyone comes Wednesday at 530 to get ready for Sunday nights, Christmas and Earl. Um, there are a lot of changes in December, and there are these little cards all around the church. So if you want to take a picture to know the schedule for New Hope this December, that would be great because every week there's something different and there's new things going on. Um, so please take a picture of those December at New Hope pictures so you'll know what is going on this month. All right. Hope is the first week of Advent. And I was reading um, an awesome Christmas meditation excerpt from a book about hope this morning and this week. And I'm going to just share with you what I learned from that about the, this week for the season, for the week of hope. So the advent of Christ is a clear reminder that God does exactly what he says he's going to do. Down to the last detail. So today is the week of hope. And let's look at John 1.45 where it says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So oftentimes we think about Christmas, a lot of us think about surprises, right? I mean, I've got five kids, I was a kid, all of us. Like, what are the surprises we're going to get? Just this morning, I was talking to Caroline and Shay about surprises at Christmas. And that's kind of what we get excited about, like surprise gifts, or who's going to show up at Christmas, or... I'm surprised that they showed up on time. You know, I mean, there's a lot of surprises that we have at Christmas. But the thing about Christmas is actually the opposite. It's not about surprises at all. The real story of Christmas is about fulfillment. God revealed a lot of information about the coming Messiah through the prophets throughout the Old Testament. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 23, 5-6, said that he would be a king from the line of David. Micah foretold that he would come from Bethlehem in Micah 5.2. Isaiah, in Isaiah 7.14, he said he would be born of a virgin. So years ahead of time, God promised his people a savior and gave very specific details about his coming. So when Philip said, like we read, we have found him of whom Moses and also the prophets wrote, he didn't say, surprise, God sent us a savior. He said, we found him. They knew the Messiah was coming. They weren't, they weren't, they were expecting him. They weren't surprised. So finding Jesus for them was confirmation of God's faithfulness. 
So the Advent is a vivid reminder that God does exactly what he says he will, down to very last detail. There are a lot of different versions. There are a couple different versions of the Gospels, of the story of his coming, and, and they're not filled with unnecessary details, right? Every word that is in Scripture is very important. So in Matthew, he says five different times something to the effect of, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. So Matthew is teaching us of God's faithfulness. His faithfulness in the Christmas story gives us hope in our stories. God promised to send Jesus, and he promises to be with you through the indwelling of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit in you. Just as Jesus came the first time, he has promised that he will come again. So we can look forward in hope, confidently anticipating Christ's second coming and the fulfillment of his promises to dwell with us forever, which is from Revelation 21.3. So thankfully, God will not give us everything on our wish list, but he will fulfill all of the promises that he made us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, our Savior, our Lord, we praise your name. And as we spoke about this morning, all the names, Lord, you are the great I am. You are the Savior. You are the creator. You are Emmanuel. Lord, we are so, so thankful for what your promises were and what you have fulfilled and what is to come. And we revere your name, Lord. And we understand who you are from Scripture and what that means, Lord. And if we don't, Lord, I pray that you open up our eyes so that we see who you are. You're not a cross on the shelf or a picture on a wall, Lord. You're not what we choose for you to be. Thankfully, Lord, you are God. Sovereign, powerful God. A forgiving God, but a just God. A God who has laid out exactly what your plan is and nothing will change. And Lord, I pray that we humble ourselves and commit to you, Lord, to receive your spirit if we haven't and to, and to follow your spirit, Lord, if we have. In a fearful way, Lord, but in a way that shows you reverence and love and adoration because you are king. King of all kings, Lord. We praise your holy name, God. Amen. to see.
have come to adore. Amen? Adore Christ the Lord. It's good to be back today. Uh, we had a, a wonderful time of vacation last week. Thank you all for allowing us to be, to be off. And uh, uh, Robbie did a, a great job in bringing a twist on uh, David and Goliath's story. I hope you enjoyed that. He, he again, did a, a great job and appreciate him filling in for me uh, last week. But look around. Christmas is in full swing, isn't it? It is here, and uh, we are celebrating the Christmas season. Thanksgiving's behind us. The church is decorated. Uh, the parade is this afternoon. Trees are decorated. Amazon boxes are stacking up on the porches. And so, you know, that means that we're Christmas season. Um, that also means that Christmas in Earl is coming up. I want you to, uh, to go to christmasinearl.com and on that website you will find a devotional, a 12-day devotional that will lead up to Christmas that kind of uh, supports or supplements this sermon series that we're going to be doing. And, and it is called, um, He Shall Be Called. And it goes through 12 different names that leads us up to um, Christmas Day talking about and doing devotionals on different names um, of, of Jesus. And so when you go to that, Christmas and Earl, share it on your Facebook or Instagram, whatever you're doing, okay, social media-wise, and, and, and get the word out. It's going to be a great week next week. Uh, be in prayer for next week and, and how God is going to use uh, you all and how God is going to use you to minister to the heart's of the people in our community and in the area. And with Christmas comes hope, and that's what we've been looking at this morning. Uh, we've been singing about, we've been talking about hope, and, and the children have their hope of, of their wishes being fulfilled on, on Christmas morning, aren't they? The presents are under the tree, the, the waiting and anticipation for Christmas morning is, has already begun. But the hope of every child is pointing to something greater. Something bigger, something grander, something more meaningful than, than anything this world can offer. The big picture behind the Christmas holiday is that we have a greater hope and a desire greater than the electronics and the toys and the games and the, the jewelry and the electronics, whatever it might be. We have the hope of significance. We have the hope of forgiveness and we have the hope of of wholeness in our heart that only the Lord Jesus Christ can give us. It's only available through Jesus. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. And from the beginning of time, Jesus was the promised one. Jesus was the promised one from God that He would come and, and live among us and die on the cross and be resurrected to prove that He was God's Son and to take away our sins and to give us that hope of eternal life. <clears throat> but a promise is only as good as the one making the promise. You know, if I tell Jonathan, you know, Jonathan, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come do your work for you next week so you can take next week off. You know, I promise I'll be there. That promise is not a whole lot of good because I don't know much about accounting, right? And so I couldn't fulfill that promise. It might be nice to have somebody answer the phone. That'd be about all the good I'd be. Or to go to Ray and say, Ray, I'm going I'm to design that house for you, that building for you next week, so you don't have to. You can go back to the beach, okay? He knows that's not going to be a good idea. 
When he comes back, it's going to be a lot of phone calls. And so a promise is only as good as the person making that promise. God promised us the Lord Jesus Christ that would take away our sin. He promised us who, who is the promised one. And so we can trust God with the promises that He makes because He is God. But what kind of track record does He have? In the year 2023, looking back 6,000 years from the time uh, creation started, how is he, how's He doing? How's He score on the, on the score sheet? Does he have 100%? Is his, are, are his promises good? Has he kept all of his promises throughout 6,000 years? Has he kept them all? Surely. Six, that's a lot, right? How faithful has he, has he been to keep those promises? We read him beginning in Genesis. We see that He has made promise after promise. And every single one has come true. Every single one has been fulfilled to the smallest of details. I want to take just a moment and, and look at, at several of them this morning. Beginning in, in Genesis chapter 3, we read that, that God promised the serpent that He would be defeated by a woman's offspring. Jesus' death and burial and resurrection on the cross shows that He conquered sin, death, and the grave. That one was completed. In Genesis chapter 22, God promised Abraham that He would be a blessing through all nations. And today all nations can, can find salvation through Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 7, God promised a child would be born of a virgin. In Isaiah chapter 9, God promised a divine child would be born and would bring light into the darkness that they were experiencing. Jesus was born of a virgin and is called the light of the world. Micah 5, 2, we find two promises in that one. God promised the Messiah was coming. And number two, God promised that, that, that we would know when He comes because He would come from Bethlehem. In Luke chapter 1, God promised Mary a special son. And though she was a virgin, she gave birth to a son. In Luke chapter 2, God promised the shepherds that they would find a Savior lying in a manger. They found Him and ran throughout the town telling the good news of what they had seen, what they had heard, what they experienced. In Matthew chapter 2, God promised the Magi that the King would be born in Bethlehem. And after years of searching, they found Him and worshipped Him. Folks, every promise that God has ever made, that God will ever make, has been or will be fulfilled. Amen? Amen. And Christmas is all about God's promise, the promised one, Jesus, the Messiah. Isaiah, <clears throat> the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is probably the most uh, famous Old Testament prophet uh, writer about Jesus and about Jesus' birth. And so if you would, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 7 and uh, put your finger there and flip the page to chapter 9. We're going to look at those two uh, chapters together. But we find in Isaiah 
the references to, to Jesus in chapter 7, chapter 9, chapter 11, chapter 42, chapter 53, chapter 61. And so it's just riddled throughout the book of, of specific mentions of Jesus, the Messiah. And so the hope we have in Christmas is not because of the gifts we have or the gifts we receive or, or the gifts that we give but in the fulfillment of the prophecies spoken hundreds of years before His birth. God promised it, and God delivered. God also promised that Jesus is coming back, and God will deliver on that one as well. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 2, just this one verse, I'm sorry, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call Him Emmanuel. Turn the page over to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. Isaiah continues writing about the Messiah, and he says, The, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing up the plunder. Whereas in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle, and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. For He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with righteousness and justice. And from that time on and forever, for the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. God's Word for the people of God. Isaiah wrote this in a time of great difficulty for the Israelites. It was a time of, of, of great darkness in, in Israel. The people of Israel were ruled by, by four ungodly kings. King Uzziah, King Jotham, King Ahaz, and King Hezekiah. And they had ruled in great corruption. There was great evil and corruption and and they had led the people away from God. There was no more focus on God. It was, again, a dark, difficult, and ungodly time for the people. And as Isaiah wrote this, he, he knew that the only hope that the people had was for divine intervention from God. That was the only way things were going to get straightened out. It was the only way things were going to get better. And so Isaiah writes, and in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, he makes two statements, two great statements. He says in that passage, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And so it acknowledges that, that there's a brokenness surrounding the people because of the corruption. There was a heaviness, a spiritual heaviness and darkness upon the land. But he also goes on to say that there's, and talks about the hope of the promised child that would make everything right. The one that would come and, and correct all the, all the illness in the world, the iniquities in the world. Flip over, if you will, into the New Testament, into Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. We find in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 through 23, that, that in Matthew's writing there, he reminds us of Isaiah's prophecy. And so he's recalling, he's reciting the writings of the prophet Isaiah. And Matthew is bridging a 700 year gap of the time where the prophecy was made to the time it was fulfilled. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, this being Joseph, and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Man, that is a great verse that He will save His people from their sin. It says that, He tells Joseph, He says, you're going to name this baby Jesus. And, and, and names were important in biblical days, especially in, in biblical days. They defined who the person was. They, they, they told, the, you know, they, you grew into who you were by the name that you have. It, it was who you would become. It was a character of who you are. And so His name the name Jesus means that the Lord saves or that God is salvation. And so Jesus is the promised one from the prophet Isaiah. Remember the prophet Isaiah said he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so you take those two passages from the Old Testament and the New Testament, Isaiah and Matthew, and we see that Jesus is God, that He is with us, and that He has come to save us from our sin. Bottom line, Old Testament, New Testament, they're married together. That Jesus is God, He is with us, and He's come to save us from our sin. Praise God that, he's, that we have the promised one. That God delivered on the promise that He made in the Old Testament that's revealed in the New Testament. You see, the reason we identify with Christmas is because we the hope that we have in this Christ child, in the promised one, in, in the Christmas child. Because we too are... You think about how bad it, it may have been in the days of Isaiah. But folks, we're living in a, in a dark place too, aren't we? We're, we're, we're living in a, in a dark and evil and corrupt world. We're, we're living in a time where, where the leaders are filled with corruption from top to bottom. Across the board, across the world, corruption is, is everywhere. There's war and disease and conflict and oppression. And our only hope can be found in Emmanuel, God with us. You see, hope is the presence of God and in the promised one who He sent. The promised one 
who gives us salvation. You see, God promised His Son Jesus to give us that hope of forgiveness and that hope of eternal life. And if we put our faith in Him, we will become children of God. Jesus is the promised one who fulfills God's promise of salvation from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And so the focus of Christmas should be on the, on the birth of Jesus, on the promised one. He is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. He is the one that brings God's light into the world and, and God's light will shine through the world's darkness. It doesn't matter how dark, how evil, how bad this world is, the love of Jesus will shine through it. He will dispel all darkness. But to enjoy Christmas, we've got to embrace that hope. The hope of eternal life. That hope in, in the promised one. But you know, sometimes we talked about this Wednesday night. Sometimes it's, it's hard to put our, our hope into something because that means we have to do what? We have to wait. <laughs> How many of you like to wait? Most of the time, I don't. You know, we, we talk Wednesday about everything is a rush. We want everything right now. We want everything at our fingertips. We want it now. But God says wait. So often God says wait. And sometimes we have to wait longer than we expected. We're talking Wednesday night about asking people how long you had to wait for something. What's the longest you had to wait for something? Mary had to wait nine months on her child. For God to arrive. We asked that question. You know, nine everybody, you know, all the women have to wait eight or nine months or so. Devin slipped up his hand. He said, I had to wait 10 years for my baby. Praise God. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to wait longer than we want. Sometimes we have to wait longer than we expected to, right? But folks, the, the wait is always worth it. It's always worth the time that you put in. But waiting can be hard. Waiting requires patience, and that can be difficult. The Jewish people had, had waited for hundreds of years before, before Matthew wrote about Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. But it was worth it. Because the Messiah came to bring salvation to His people. To me and you. And we, we, we look at the story of Isaiah and we see the prophecy there. and We see that, yes, it was a long time coming. But it was worth the wait. And, but we see that and we, and we can have faith in our life that when we have to wait for a long period of time, man, it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it. But when we wait, when we see stories like that, we can, that gives us confidence that we can wait in our situation, that we can wait in our darkness, and we can wait in our time 
of deliverance for, for God to, to speak into our heart, to shine light into our life. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, here it is, we might have hope. Folks, God is always right on time. He's probably never on our time. But He's always on His time. And His time is always right. And His time is always perfect. You think about it. There was 700 years before Isaiah's prophecy came to pass. Between the New Testament and the Old Testament, there was 400 years of silence that, that God didn't speak, that people didn't hear from God. But God was getting everything ready. He was putting everything into place. He was getting all the political issues, the, 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 the infrastructure, everything, the things that we would never think about. He, gets it, he was getting it ready so that everything would be just perfect for His arrival, for the arrival of God into this world. <clears throat> that time was known as the Pax Romana. It was a time of, of Roman peace and and it was an unprecedented time of, of prosperity and stability in the, in the history of the Roman Empire. <clears throat> it was a time that lasted around 200 years. But in that time of peace and prosperity, the Roman navy was able to keep the, sh the ships moving, trade and commerce continuing to move. The superiority of the, of the Roman military lead to, led to the cultural expansion like they had never seen before. Today we would call that peace through strength. Roman architecture flourished during that time. There were major infrastructural uh, projects that took place on, the, on roads and bridges and canals and harbors and lighthouses and theaters and, and aqueducts. All that was going on, all that was being put into place so that when God got here, when Jesus arrived, the gospel could go forth unhindered and that's exactly what happened as the waterways opened in the Mediterranean and the, and the complex road systems uh, it allowed for faster travel and commute and the, the, the culture and the language and the laws all that developed but it ultimately made the spread of the gospel to all the corners of the Roman Empire so much easier God made it right God made the time perfect for Jesus' arrival. God made everything right, everything perfect for Jesus' birth. He was, he was setting up the world. And He is setting up the world today. He's getting things in place. The geopolitical, the internet, the information, the artificial intelligence, the, 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 the commerce, all of that is slowly coming together, putting it into place, and when everything is just right, He'll come back. He promised us in His Word that He's coming back. And my friend, that too, that too will happen. That too is going to come about. And so we today are waiting on that, on that return. 
the people in the days of Isaiah, again, they were experiencing darkness and a heaviness and burdens in their life. Maybe you're experiencing that darkness in your life. Maybe you're experiencing a burden in, in your life. And you're waiting on God to do a, a mighty work. And, and maybe you've been waiting for a long time. Folks, don't give up waiting. Don't give up on God. God's never going to give up on you. God's timing is perfect. We have to wait. We have to persevere. We have to endure. It might just be that, that God is getting everything ready in your life. In your circumstances. Maybe he's working things out and getting it right for just the right time to speak into your life. But as we put our hope in God, we've got to be patient. But we can wait patiently because we know that God sent the promised one, Jesus. And we have our hope in him. And that might be difficult, but it's always worth the wait. It's always worth the wait. Folks, let me just say that if you receive Jesus as more than just a, a baby lying in a manger, if you receive Him as your Lord and your Savior, you will become part of God's eternal family. He will be the light in your darkness. He'll be the light in the darkness that you're expecting. Yes, we keep our hope in Him because God kept His promise. We, 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 we keep our hope in Him because God will keep His promise to come. In this Christmas season, we can thank the promised one for His obedience unto death. We can thank God that He's going to send the promised one back to give us that eternal home. We can give God thanks for, for His promises going to be answered and we can confidently put our hope in the promised One who came to save us, to give us eternal life. This Christmas season, let your hearts be filled with hope that's found in the promised One, in His birth, death, and resurrection. And in our gratitude, may we be thankful for the sacrifices of Jesus that He made for us. The blood that was shed, the life that was given so that we could have eternal life. And because of what He's given us, may we be compelled to serve Him and sacrifice for Him as we serve Him and serve others and as we share the hope of Jesus in this dark world that we're living in today. Because you see, there's somebody in our world where that darkness is really heavy on their heart. And they need you to be a light. They need you to bring the light of Jesus into their life. To bring that hope that, that only He can give. Emmanuel. God with us. He came to give us eternal life. Let me ask you this morning, have you received it? Maybe you're experiencing that darkness that we mentioned. Maybe, maybe today it's, is a day to bring that darkness in your life to the altar. And just allow God to, to shine into your heart.
Let me ask you this morning, would you allow the, the light of the world to shine into the darkness of your life? Because it is in Him and only Him that we have the hope of eternal life. Let's pray together. Father, Your name is great and greatly to be praised. And oh, what a beautiful name it is, the name above all names. Father, today, we thank You for keeping Your promises to us, for keeping the promise of the, of the prophet Isaiah to send the promised one who would deliver the hope that we have of coming and being God and living amongst us and with us and showing us how to live. For you are Emmanuel, God with us. We pray today that everyone here knows and has experienced that of having God with them. If not, the Bible says today is the day of your salvation. Father, whatever you've spoken into our hearts today, may we respond back to you and give you all the glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord.